The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantain. Indeed, that is me, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are going to have... Um, we're going to be being with Mr. Chad Schoppel again. Uh, the interview we did last week was quite extensive and there's a lot of information on heating. So we are going to continue that today. Uh, but first, the market report. And today's uh, market report will be comparing stats from October uh, 2020 to October 21. And they are brought to you by the Lakeland Association of Realtors. Starting off, the average price. The average price is up by 4.8% from the same time last year. Interesting to note though, that is about the average increase in Muskoka on a yearly basis over the past 10-15 years. However, the average sale price increased by 52% since 2018. And again, that is that whole COVID dri driven uh, uh, crush that we we're under. So. New listings in Muskoka are down by 11.4% this month over last October. And the overall inventory of homes for sale is also down, and that is down by 20% uh, over this time last year. So there's less homes on the market this year than last year at this time. And actual sales are down by 32.2% from last October. And that's an interesting number, um, and I'll relay that in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, houses that are selling, uh, the percentage of original uh, price, they are getting 4% over their average asking price on average. Uh, days on the market is down by 13.6%. Last October, it took 22 days to sell a house. This October, it's only taking 19 days to sell a house on average. So with new listings and homes for sale being so low, it remains a seller's market. However, with the sales down from last October to this October by 32%. It shows that the buying frenzy is cooling down. And that might be because winter is coming and setting, settling in and or Christmas is just around the corner um, and leaving people with less time on their hands to do stuff. So that being said, it's actually a pretty good time to start looking to buy property. And this winter should be a better advantage for you with less competition out there. That's the market report. We'll be back with Mr. Shoppel soon. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantain. So, okay, so that was for, for buyers, basically, you know, uh, looking at homes that have deficient or, you know, not up to date uh, systems. Now, what if we were going to sell a home and we have either an outdated uh, or, you know, in poor condition uh, furnace system? Mm -hmm. and uh, we want to improve it before selling the house because we don't want to have that issue of people going, oh, we got to replace the furnace. And mm -hmm. um, So at that point, money-wise, mm -hmm. we're just going to replace the furnace or can, do we have options at that point? Like, I mean, if it was an oil forced air furnace, would you consider removing the oil and going with propane? Uh... Or does it matter? That's the problem. People usually relate efficiency to economics and the two don't relate. So if you want the most efficient furnace, it's always straight electric because, you know, uh, atomic vibrations of molecules create heat. So, um, you know, that's with like wires. If, if they run a lot of current through them, they're going to heat up because that's resistance. And that's what happens. It's it's it dissipates that energy flow as heat. So electric hot water tanks, electric furnaces, anything straight electric is 100 is percent efficient. An electric heater is literally the most efficient, probably, device on the planet. 
because it's shock me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so wow. So, but because hydro is expensive, yeah, it doesn't look so great. Because if you look at uh, oil and gas industry, they've sub been subsidized well to keep the prices low and make it affordable for people to burn uh, oil and gas. Wow. So, because they're commodities, though, you, today propane could be. 40 cents a liter yes in a week from now it could be 80 or a dollar 20 we, we had that five six years ago it got up to something that was a really wet year in the mid us and they use it to dry their corn and they ate up all the propane stock and then we didn't get any and it went up to like a buck 30 a liter or something so right. that's the problem there's all the dirty economics that can really play on on those prices worth it and I know it's a bad word saying Ontario Hydro sometimes, but they're actually probably one of the better companies these days for energy because they, they keep electricity flowing to our homes out of what I think is a very reasonable rate when you look at the cost of some of the other things. And part of this is all on purpose. It is as we roll into the electrification of things. Yeah. That. But that was, those are other conversations I'm getting off topic. We, I can, think have so, another, so. we can have another <laughs> yeah. episode based on all that. Now, yes. that reminds me, though, um, if you're running electric, uh, boy, we have blackouts sometimes. So... Either you're gonna need a generator a or a backup. Yeah, a wood <laughs> yeah, stove. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Stove. Yeah. Yeah, and gas fireplaces. Of a lot of people have leaned on those as well. If they're you know maybe at the age they don't want to burn wood, uh, you know you can get gas fireplaces, but they're really not efficient. They are more deemed as aesthetic uh, sure. appliances. They're not really meant as a, an actual heating. They're device. decorations, really. They're more decorations. So okay. the. Yeah, there isn't. That's the thing. It takes a lot of energy to make heat, no matter what you're using. So when the power goes out, it's that's a that's a tough one uh, on an, any scale. So wood would be what you'd lean on the, the okay. most there. But as a homeowner buying a house that is older, typically, traditionally, an older furnace you'd get twenty to twenty five years out of you. You have one of those good old furnaces yes. that keeps on trucking. Yeah. Um, New furnaces, as things are made to look a little nicer and maybe not last as long these days, 15 to 20 years, you could probably expect to get out of well, a, There's And more so, I shouldn't say they're not made that, I didn't mean they're not made that well, but they have more parts in them because they're more right. advanced, there's more technology. So that's interesting then, that's a, good, that's a good note for home buyers is to really take a good look at the age of the furnace because mm -hmm. if it's 10, 12 years old, you can kind of count on buying a new furnace in the next four or five years, is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And the more complicated, you, if the system looks complicated, it probably is. Okay. And complica complicated systems are more expensive. They're more expensive to install up front, a lot more expensive to service over their life. And typically, the more complicated they are, the shorter their life cycle is. So okay. more expensive, more expensive, more expensive. All right. So speaking. Sorry, of, one, one, yeah. one quick thing to kind of sum it up. Simple is good in my trade life. Learning on the learning curve, you know, you kind of buy into a lot of... Uh, uh product sales literature, and you yeah. think oh this thing sounds great because they sing you the moon and i installed for uh 10 12 years and after a while i'm like gee i'm doing 10 percent of this guy's research putting this product in <laughs> and i'm looking like the bad guy in front of the homeowner because it's not working how it was supposed to or it's it's got the shortfall yeah and after a while it's it's almost a little bit immoral in my opinion that stuff because there was a lot of times where you know, a furnace is a year old and something catastrophically failed and maybe the warranty wow. didn't work out. Sorry, homeowner, you got to pay a thousand dollars to fix this. And do you think that makes me look good as a heating contractor? Sure, they get mad at, at you, not the not the but company. But the company's the, the one that, yeah. yeah, and but nobody ever sees them, right? Speaking so, of which, this is a good one. point because this is leading up to my next question, uh, uh, question which, um, you know, I was going to talk about the cost of these things. How do you protect your investment on on your heating 
equipment. A furnace system, uh, really simple maintenance these days because all the electrical parts are pretty much hermetically sealed. So they either work or they don't. There's a few little things that can be done to keep them working nice and that sort of thing, but there isn't a lot. Um, changing your filter. Your furnace filter is about 90% of your annual maintenance that you can do as a homeowner. Uh, usually the best thing I'd recommend to people for that, because it is so important and it's an easy thing to do to change your furnace filter. Yeah. Talk to your HVAC contractor if you have a service contractor, or you can take it upon yourself to go onto Amazon or go into Home Depot, but buy yourself a box of filters. And they usually come in a 10 or 12 pack for a standard one inch filter. Um, and then you have that in your mechanical room right beside your furnace, because I know as a homeowner that doesn't know anything about HVAC, you either wait till the furnace doesn't work because the filter got so dirty or you're like, oh, geez, that's part of my fall maintenance I'm supposed to do. Shoot, you go down, take the filter out. Oh, that's dirty. Oh, I don't have one. I'll get one next week when I'm out in town at Home Depot. And then you forget and life goes on. And then this furnace, poor furnace is running with this filter that should have been changed way long ago. So um, buying in bulk, I think, is a really good idea just because of the human nature problem. Yeah, Yeah, I usually buy at least three. Um, How often uh, do you need to change that? Totally lifestyle dependent. So I've seen a lot of, you know, being in the trade for a long time, going to all humans' homes. Some people live really well and keep their house really clean. Some people do not do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a lot of pets, a lot more hair, kids, they're going to have a house lot more painter, hair. you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you should really base it on your lifestyle. But worst case scenario, if you want to be extremely proactive, but there's a balance of, uh, of, of uh, protecting the equipment, doing what's right, and then kind of being wasteful. So if you're changing them too often, you're throwing away something that probably isn't didn't need to be changed. So I'd recommend with a one inch filter uh, through every three to six months. So you okay. wanna you wanna change your furnace filter, and it depends if you have air conditioning too. If you don't have air conditioning, your furnace sits off all summer, and you're only using the winter. If you have air conditioning, you're using your furnace year round. Okay. So obviously you're gonna there's gonna be more change intervals. So if you had furnace with air conditioner, probably four times a year. Yeah. If you're just using your furnace probably spring and fall kind of change it a couple times a year yeah because i i I put my new filters in just like you said it's fall time so i changed the filter out and i wrote down in my day book january 1st put a new filter in three months yep so good okay i'll do that again now uh, oh sorry one quick thing too as as a homeowner if you are going to upgrade or put a new furnace in there's four inch pleated media filters and they're not that much they're not very expensive the filters are probably 30 or 30 to 60 dollars uh, they last for a year and they have a giant surface area. So they collect a lot more dirt them. and yeah. they allow a lot more airflow through. Okay. Those are two really important things. A lot of talk right now with the COVID stuff and the, yeah. the MERV 13, these high MERV rating filters, the way they get a really high particle entrapment rating is that they're very restrictive. So sure. they catch a lot of crap, but they don't let they a lot of airflow air through and your airflow need, your, your furnace needs the airflow. So people I've noticed with this COVID, they want these really high-end air filters. They don't realize the pr- other problem they're creating. Sure. And, and it literally can overheat your furnace and lead to the degradation of your furnace if you slow the airflow down. So the better filter you use, the more often you have to change it. And typically the best filter, it's uh, about a MERV 8 to 10. So somewhere... And MERV is... MERV is a, is a particulate capture rating system okay. that the industry uses. And some filters you won't even see it on. Yeah, like MERV 13 is what they've recommended for... Um, um the coat for for covid anything higher uh merv 16s you'd be in hospitals that that kind of stuff right so you don't need to go too crazy um but yeah so there's different kinds of filters when you go to the hardware store there's 3m with a really dense pleats so those are really good filters but you mm-hmm. got to change them a lot and they're the most expensive filters so you could kind of go broke changing those yeah. filters all the time 
uh, um, a, a pleated filter, middle of the road filter, one that the pleats are about as wide as your finger, that's the best. And okay. uh, disposable pleated filter is the best filter you can use. Yearly maintenance on a forced air furnace, is it necessary? Um, different people will tell you yes and I'd say no. And the reality of it is what we just talked about, hermetically sealed parts, they work or they don't for the most part. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantain. Propane's a dirtier fuel to burn than natural gas with combustion because we live in, the, in a part of the world where a lot, most people are on propane. It is a dirtier fuel. So you will start to get combustion problems after four to five years on a lot of burner assemblies if they've never been cleaned. Mm -hmm. So definitely not every year, I think is safe to say every two to three years, maybe every three years okay. is, is being probably good, good and proactive. If so you having, leave so, it so five having, years or longer, yeah. you're going to have a failure and then you're going to have to call somebody in to fix right. something. So yeah. having a, a yearly maintenance contract with a maintenance provider is unnecessary, really? Forced air. air. So boilers. I was just, go yeah, ahead. A whole different story. So this is the thing. Boilers are, they and kind boilers of are used for the radiant heat. Typically, if you have a boiler with radiant heat system, your boiler is also more than likely, not always, it's going to be producing your domestic hot water as well, whether it's a, right. it's yes. called a combination boiler. Yep. So if you just have one boiler on your wall and you have heating and there's no tanks, your boiler is probably a combination boiler and now it's that, also instantaneously that, doing your domestic hot water. That's on de is that on demand? That's that on totally demand. Different? Uh, there's a lot of different terminology. It's, there's on there's on-demand domestic hot water boilers that yep. only do that. Yep. And then there's combination boilers the that do heating and that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there's, and there's, yeah, there's, there's a few different types. So and those do have to be maintained every year. Is that right? Yeah. And the problem is a homeowner, there's no filters or anything you can change because it's a, it's a hermetically sealed system with treated water and maybe glycol and some corrosion inhibitor kind of nasty stuff. Uh, if everything's sealed, which it should be no problems. Um, in order for the heat exchange process in a boiler, because you have, uh, you know, you've got to have this crazy burner that has to take all this heat and it somehow has to get into the water right away as the water is going through. Right. So they're fairly restrictive heat exchangers. They have to kind of, if, if you think of like a volume of water, they kind of have to spread that water really thin to grab that to heat burn and then pool back yeah. to go yeah. deliver that heat. So when you do that, minerals come out of the water. Typically, the HVAC guy or your boiler guy or plumber who put the boiler in, they're supposed to test the water and treat it. That doesn't always happen. Yep. Um, so because of that, though, water is the universal solvent. It wants to eat everything away in time. You know, boilers, water gets treated to try and slow that stuff down. But it is going to, it's going to start to gum up. There's going to be stuff in the water that's going to settle out when you get into the heat exchange where it's yep. really high temperature. So uh the manufacturers typically do recommend uh, boiler flush or cleaning. Again, you don't have to do it every year. They usually do recommend to do it every year, um, but every you know two to three years to have the boiler internally flushed, and that's fairly major. That's a whole pump contraption wow. your service guy has has to hook it up, flush it out. Uh, it's a fair, fairly time consuming, and then repurge the air out and mm -hmm. letting air into a hydronic system is the worst thing that you could do. So sure. servicing them actually can let a little more oxygen in, which isn't helpful, but it's one of those things. The heat exchanger on boilers, a lot of carbonic acid will build up in the heat exchangers. And some of the designs of them, it'll actually plug the, the heat exchanger openings where the, like the baffles where the flame goes through yeah. and the water is. So that carbonic acid is extraordinarily um, corrosive. corrosive. Okay. So that starts to build up. And if you don't get that out of there, you hear of uh, 
boilers lasting five or six years or Out. you know eight ten years they probably never got cleaned and that acid finally just corroded right through and a lot of people might think oh i have a stainless steel heat exchanger that's what they all are they can't tool pure stainless steel into the shapes they need to make these heat exchangers so they're mixed with steel so they call them stainless steel but they're they'll, they'll actually pinhole where the steel is over right. time with that corrosion so it's very rare to get a heat exchanger that totally like rusts right apart into a big hole yeah. it'll just pinhole and then once you got okay. a leak it's done and that's it there's no you way to brand new one yep wow. yeah okay. so uh, i'm not a big fan of oilers just because of okay. all that stuff because yep. they're more labor intensive they're only really designed to last 10 years you can get uh 15 to 20 out of a forced air system Is the so cost similar no boilers are more expensive uh there's more little pieces to a hydronic system because there's pumps and separators and all the plumbing fittings and mm -hmm. uh, a lot more labor to put them in usually um so they typically are uh uh, uh probably i i'm just going to throw an average maybe 20 to 30 percent more expensive than the yep. forest air equivalent winter maintenance if you have an hrv system yeah so hrvs like i said before uh hrv system is probably the most um service intensive mechanical device in your house which you mean you better be servicing that yeah okay. i've seen actually all the hrv stuff i've ever done on existing homes nine out of ten times they were plugged solid with dirt and the problem is is that everything still works so as a homeowner you push your button and the light comes on and you hear it make a noise oh it's working you open the door and it's uh smurf village in there and it's everything's plugged up and not working so right. They're very easy to service, though, for that reason, because they're designed to be cleaned because okay. they get dirty. So that's the HRV itself. Uh, on the bottom of all HRVs, you're going to see one or two clear drain tubes that come off and go to a, a floor drain. That's to remove, remove the condensate. That'll gung up with sludge and algae and stuff, too. So you do literally want to pull both of those off and plug the holes and blow them out if you don't mind doing that. Or uh, pull the tube right out. They're pretty easy to take off again take it to your garden hose flush that tube out if, if if it's really dirty it's such usually a small amount of tube four or five feet you can go to home hardware or something and get uh, for four dollars sure. you can put brand new tube on if you're if you're handy that way well perfect so okay. that's really easy and then the last main thing with an hrv you'll notice there's four duct connections to your hrv usually two are uh some type of insulated flex whether it's a black vapor barrier flex or silver now flex pipe dark, that flex is pipe. and then there's rigid metal pipe going off the other two connections those are your the metal pipe is your indoor side and the flexible insulated stuff is your outdoor side so you want to see where those two out, uh, outdoor side flex pipes go and on the outside of your house you should see right around the floor level of your main floor you'll see two typically white hoods about six feet apart um with with louvers on them and those are the intake and the exhaust for the hrv okay. system so that's what's that's literally the inhale and exhale for your house yeah for your central ventilation system so the one that blows air out of the house is taking clean air from your house and blowing it outside never gets dirty the intake whole different story yeah. so both of those should have a quarter inch bug mesh on them and that's code and also so you don't have mice and stuff getting in wasps can get in them i've actually had three wasp nests in my hrv intake over the years that i've had wow. to clean out and that's just one of those things if you get a musty smell in your house uh that's something to check for it's probably a a, a wasp's nest in in the piping so that's a bit of a pain so those hoods are made to pop off typically the screen will fall out and if three to five years if you never clean that if you've ever seen a your your dryer uh exhaust yeah. hood how it starts to plug up with lint 
it'll be matted solid right and no air is getting in okay. so then again you, everything sounds fine you hear it working it's only half working and not doing what it was intended to do so that outdoor intake screen or hood is really important to put on your uh, maintenance list when you're cleaning the Perfect. filters as well so yeah so basically the internal filters give it a wipe out inside clean the core every five or six years if you're proactive with the filters if it's really dirty clean the core as well blow out the lines the lines yep. make sure all the crap's out of there and check your exterior intake hood and clean that filter that's on that and simple as that and actually once you get to do it one or two times maybe takes right. you 15 minutes and doing all minutes. this stuff will protect your investment in your heat systems in your house and keep that value there and the most important thing is it is maintain good indoor air quality which is really the name of the game and that's the, the really the right. most Second, important. secondary secondary to Sorry. secondary to, 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 to the value of the house yeah 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 <laughs> yeah well that keeps the value in your house that's when, right. you, uh, when you've got good clean air going through well it, so. chad thank you very very much you've been an excellent guest it's been great jerry really appreciate it and we will have you back in the future to talk about uh, that subject you were saying what did you call it the electrification of things yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah. And the carbon tax and how yeah. 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 Okay, well that <laughs> might be the future, but that yeah. will be a future episode of the State of Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in everyone. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantane.